The Bible says in 2 Timothy 3.16, all scripture, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. And we already know, but it is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness. All scripture. And, and the only reason I wanted to present that before I get started is some of us just come to church every Sunday. And God says he wants something different from this people. I don't know about every church, but right in here, you're going to come to church for fellowship, but to be get to receive an impartation from the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes. You're going to come because you expect something from God every Sunday. Yes. We are not going to be those people that go to church for a good feeling. And if you're in the house this morning and you're inside these doors, that is going to change about us. We are coming to church to receive something from God. We are coming believing that everything that comes forth comes from him. That is your faith. Not in me. Because all I am is a vessel. I don't want your faith in me. And I know our pastors, our elders, we don't want you to have faith in, in us. We want you to have faith in God. Amen. So come because he said to come. Amen. You give because God said to give. And the, the results come from where? From God, not from the pulpit. We are grown people. Are we grown people? You're in here this morning, so you are grown. This morning, I'm going to talk about the promise, the progression, and the expectation. And we're going to be reading from Joshua 1 and 2. I'm going to walk you through that story. I want you all to walk with me. I want you to get a clear picture this morning of that story. We've heard it before. When Joshua went, Moses died, right? In Joshua 1 or the end, of the, the end of the chapter before that, but Moses died. God says, Moses, my servant is dead. And then Joshua came to the forefront. Y'all know the story? Yes yes. yes? yes, good. Okay, so here's the thing. Joshua 1 and 1. The Bible says, after the death of Moses, this is the promise, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, and he said, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over to this Jordan, you and all this people. So Joshua was like the pastor, right? You and all this people. He said, get up and go, right? Yes. Work with me here. We're going somewhere. Yes. To the land which I am given to them, the children of Israel. Verse 3. Every place that your, the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you as I said to Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and to the great sea toward the going down of the sun, shall be your territory. So God's offered them land, right? He's telling them where to go and all the stuff that he's given them. From the wilderness... And this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites. The Hittites were their enemies. Walk with me, he's giving them the land of the enemies. And to the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Verse 5. 
No man, no man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. I'm asking you all to take the promise. The word is given to all of us. I'm asking you guys to receive this promise for yourself. All scripture is given for. We, we can take it and we can position ourselves. We understand that God is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He doesn't change. His desire for his people has remained the same. He desires you to prosper and have what you need. And he desires you to win in every battle that you encounter. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, as I was with your forefathers, Champion Center, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Listen to the promise. Take it for yourself. Verse 6. Be strong and of good courage, for to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong, saying it twice, be strong and very courageous, that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, okay, and then he tells them this book of the Lord shall not depart, you all know that one, from your mouth. So he's giving them instructions as to how to hold on to that land, as to how to hold on to the promise. He says, keep the book of the law in your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. So see, there's always going to be instruction to the, after the promise, right? Meditate on it day and night. Observe to do according to all that is written in it. For then, for then, okay, so there's the, for then, this is what's going to happen when you do this thing. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Who wants to be prosperous and have good success? So what are you supposed to do? Meditate on the law. Meditate on the word. Meditate on the promise that God's given you. When he speaks out of the mouth of the prophet, the apostle, the preacher, the teacher, that's the word to you, is it not? That's the word to you, so you receive it. Write it down. Meditate on it. Don't forget after you walk out of church. Write it down. Be a good steward of the word that God has given you. It, that word is worth something. Isn't it? He told you and then. How many of us are meditating on the word day and night? How many? How many of us are even thinking about it? We get one promise today, tomorrow, we forget the promise. He says what he said, he said it. He is faithful. He is faithful to accomplish what he has given to you. So that's one thing that you can be doing. What has God promised you? This is what he promised the children of Israel. But this is the same God. The same God. He wants you to have the land. What's the land concerning you? He wants you to have it. He wants you to occupy. He wants you to overtake. He wants you to rule. Are we, are we ruling? You know what most of us are doing? We're fighting off the buzzards. We're busy fighting off the buzzards. We're not winning. We kill one buzzard, ten more come. We don't know what's happening, God. What's going on? What's going on? Are you meditating on the promise that he has already given you? Have you diverted your attention to something else? Because what he said wasn't working. Did he tell you he was going to do something for you? You got excited. You received the word. And then you went. 
your way. And then you went trying to make your own way. And then you forgot what he said. He said, and then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Verse 9, have I not commanded you? Three times he's saying it. Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Why did he tell you three times, you think? He said it three times. He wants you to be strong. Why? Because he knows that the forces of evil are very, they're exercising their authority, whatever they have. And you know how much authority they have? What you give them. The devil only has power over what you give him. How do you give him power? You open doors that you ain't supposed to open. God didn't tell you to do that, but you open that door, you walk up on in there. What happens? The enemy's going to beat your head in. Do you know what I'm talking about? Let God open your doors. And let the doors, you know how you go in an office, you got room number one, two, 201, 203. Let those doors have something to do with your promise. Because when you go stepping up in doors that don't have anything to do with what you're working with, God said you are this and that, and there's some doors over there. Those doors look good. So you're doing door number one, I'm going to try that door, I'm going to try this door. That's why it's not working. Okay, so pay attention to the promise. What did he tell you in the first place? What promise? Now, you took and made a different promise. If you be honest, you're not following the original word that God gave you. So we're going to just take this as an example, right? He promised them something, and then Joshua proceeded to give them instructions. Okay, so we go all the way down here. Joshua instructed the, the people in verse 10. In verse 10, he reminded them, verse 11, he told them what to do. In verse 11, we're still in Joshua 1. He gave them specific instructions. Let's talk about specific instructions. We oftentimes act as if we don't know what to do. Very often, and we, then we are those people that tend to go to and fro with every wind and wave of doctrine. If God tells you something to do, he doesn't change his mind until you accomplish the one thing. If he told you one thing, that's what he wants from you. Because he doesn't want us to be confused. So Joshua was giving them specific instructions. You might say, well, I don't have specific instructions. He told me to do this. Well, there's elders, teachers, leaders, all around you. So you don't have to be by yourself, right? You don't have to be alone in this. There's people you can reach out to and ask. There are people that walk with a mantle of prophecy that you can ask, and they can speak a word to you. What I'm encouraging you to do, what I hear the Holy Spirit saying, is that be intentional about your walk with God. If I have to sum it up before I even go to the next thing, you have to be intentional about your walk with God, with the full knowledge that this is why I'm here. This is the reason that I'm on earth. Because God says, do this. Most of us are doing what the world wants. We are doing what we think the people next door are doing. We're trying to get the car that they have. We're trying to preach like the man on TV. We're trying to do everything, but most of it has to do with a fleshly thing. 
Most of the stuff that we're too busy doing is satisfying our flesh. Look inside. Now, God didn't tell me this part, but I need, I'm going to give you all this one free. Look inside at your activity. Do some inventory of your activity. Go from, just do, maybe do two days. Check your activity and then be honest with yourself. What was all that for? What did you do? What did it have to do with anything? I'm telling you that because I've done that. It's better to go on and go to sleep or do something that doesn't affect another person if it's going to be the wrong thing. You get out there and you do, you're in the wrong place. You're doing something because somebody else says to do it. The Bible says don't be a man pleaser. Focus your attention on pleasing God. Period. Because when God is pleased, then everything works. He says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness. And then all the other things shall be added. So you're stuck over here because the thing ain't been added. But have you sought first? Number one, prioritize. Seek ye first the kingdom of God. And I know I'm not speaking Greek. You all have heard this before. You've heard this before. And so your mind could say right now, I already heard that. Stop your mind from sabotaging you. Because in the middle of the, when the spirit is moving, your mind can be saying all kinds of stuff. Check it. Is it God that's saying, I heard this before? Is, did God tell you, that ain't right what she's saying? Or why we got to listen to that? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and all its righteousness and all the things, everything that he wants for you, you will have. So there's your inventory, right? I want to get to this, though. When, when Joshua, he sent two spies. I'm going to tell you all the story. You don't have to read it. Y'all can go and check me to make sure that's what it says. But it says he sent two spies so he could, they could check out the land, right? Because this is a land that God said they could have, right? So they go to check out the land. And the first place they ended up was in the house of the prostitute. That's where they went. They were going to spend the night. So that's where they spend the night. So on your way to your promise, you might have some distractions. But God says he takes all things, works them together for the good of what you're supposed to do. I'm not saying they should have gone to the prostitute. I'm saying that's where they chose to go, right? But what an awesome, merciful God we serve. That woman was the reason that they got saved, pretty much. She covered for them. She hid them. Her name was Rahab. Y'all can go read it yourself. Rahab hid them. And when the king said, my servant said that you got these men in your house, whatever, she said, yeah, they came by. They came through here, but they left, and they went that way. So she pointed them in the wrong direction. She helped them. But listen to this part. We get to about Joshua 2 and 18. But before 18, Joshua told Rahab to put a scarlet cord in her window because when they escaped, they promised her. Now, this was Rahab's promise. They promised her that they would come back and get her. And Rahab asked them, could you come back and get my brothers, my sister, my mom, my dad, and everybody that's connected to them? There's a lesson in that, okay? Rahab wasn't just trying to save herself. Rahab had a, a worldview because she didn't just send the rest of the relatives. She said everybody else that was, that was associated with those people. 
That's God. See, God is never going to just tell you something that's going to just benefit you, just make you feel good, just make you feel all puffed up and proud. He wanted to save a, a nation. She said all the people. So she asked, this was, he said that he'd come back and get her. And so she asked for all the people to get saved as well. And so she hung that scarlet cord in the window. So it, on the way to your promise, you get directions. Okay, there's a progression. Sometimes the promise is accomplished immediately, but sometimes not so much, right? You have to wait, you have to walk, you have to talk to God, you have to confess the word, and you have to stay focused on what it is. If you're just running around fighting buzzards, you're, nothing is going to happen. Focus. You should write that down. Focus on the thing. Focus on the promise. Focus. Stop running around. You can always tell people that's running around fighting buzzards. They're always busy and nothing is happening. I don't mean to read your mail, but I to talk about myself. When you're busy, 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 running, 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 tired, 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 you're probably not doing anything because that's not what God, he wants you to have time for him. Does he? God wants you to have time to spend with him. You cannot be that busy. You're doing too much, and you don't have to. Do the will of the Father, and all the rest of the stuff is going to fall in place. Okay? So she, she begged for the rest of the people, all her people. And he put the scarlet thread. She put it in the window. But this is what I found interesting. I was talking about, I'm thinking about how come, you know, we get the promise. We do everything that we're supposed to do, and then we're supposed to expect you know, expect the harvest. Expect something to happen, right? So we're trying to, to be expected, but the negative things keep coming. So her, that scarlet thread was supposed to almost be a surety. That was her promise that they were going to come and get her. But you know what? When they left, they didn't come back the next day. If you all read that story, it, it wasn't until chapter 6 that they came back and got her. And I don't know, I'm not a Bible scholar, but I don't know how long that was, but I figured at least three chapters long. <laughs> it took a minute for him to come back and get her. So what was she doing in the meantime? This is the part that I really want us to hear. What did she do in the meantime? They told her if any of the people were not inside of there, when they came, they couldn't go. They were only going to get the people in that house. So they all had to come there. But the Bible don't tell us what they were doing. So I, you know, I kind of try to fill in the blanks myself. I was just wondering, don't think about it. You got to wait, but you have to wait in the company of a bunch of people. What would you be doing? I want you to picture that. All these people, like, like when it was the hurricane and we were waiting for the tornado and there was a bunch of us in the house, we were getting on each other's nerves is what we were doing. Right? And then we were hungry. We would eat up everything and wonder where we could get something else to eat. I'm just saying, see, you, when you're waiting, and if you have to wait among people, it's not always going to be pretty. I'm just encouraging you. It might be getting a little messy. You might get up, be getting on people's nerves, but they were one. Those people knew that they were one. They were all waiting for the same thing. Right? So it didn't really matter. It's like, you know, you come into church, you got all these people. They get to see whether you are accomplishing what you said you were going to do yesterday. 
They get to see all your stuff. What do you do? You say the word. You keep saying your promise. You say it no matter what. You forget embarrassment. You speak what thus saith the Lord with confidence. That's what you do. You repeat it over and over. You praise him for it. You thank him for it over and over. So you can keep it in your heart. Because if you stop, you're going to forget. The enemy's going to make sure he keeps you busy. You don't know. So you keep it in your heart by repeating it, by telling the people around you, this is what I'm waiting for. This is what God said. But why don't we say, because we don't think it's going to happen. We don't believe. Guys, your, your, your sisters and brothers, that's your family. You're waiting for the promise, whatever the promise is. You make sure you have some accountability in this process. Make sure you have somebody who's going to say, but yesterday you told me that, that that man that was your husband. And now today you said this one is your husband. And then next week you say the other one. Which one did God tell you was your husband? What kind of flaky, we are being some flaky Christians, y'all. What did God say? God says that I was going to inherit all this money. And then you, next thing you say, I'm going to work and get the money over here. And then you change and it's, the money is from over here. Focus. Make up your mind. Listen to what God said and stay right there. Don't move. Did God say it or not? What kind of flaky God tells you one thing today, another thing the next day, and that, that is not the God we serve. It is not. The reason that we keep changing is that we don't believe. We forgive us God for not believing the word. Some of us, we change, we've been saved for many years, and we have changed our path so many times. Now we're here, like where I am. I'm like, oh my God, what happened? Where did the, where did the years go? You were running around, chasing every wind and wave of doctrine. Find your place and stay in it. I'm saying that under the power of the Holy Ghost. Find your place and stay there. Confess the word. Confess the word. Keep talking to God and people that you can trust in the spirit. It will come to pass. I want you to say it will come to pass. It will come to pass. It will come to pass. What God promised, he is well able to bring it to pass. He will bring it to pass. Don't be confused. Don't let the devil trick you. Don't be confused. He says, let this mind that is in me be the same mind that's in Christ Jesus. The mind of Christ. Rebuke the spirit of confusion. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. All turning around and being all wimpy. I rebuke it in the name of Jesus. God's children are sound. Sound mind. Clearing your thinking. You don't go with every wind and wave. Stand firm. And see the salvation of the Lord. Stand firm. Stand firm. The scarlet thread that she hung out the window, it was scarlet, it was red. I never, I read that before, I never wondered what that meant, what that means. But it was her salvation, right? That's what it, every, all the scholars say, that meant they were saved. But while you're waiting, 
You need something that you can focus on and something that you will say and make sure. Here's some things you don't do while you're waiting. Don't blame any, anybody. Don't blame no one for it not happening. Repent if you do it. Repent if you always blaming somebody that something's not happening. It is nobody's fault. It's just part of your process. It's nobody's fault. Nobody can take from you what God has promised you. Nobody. That's depending on flesh, y'all. If you think somebody can take away from you what God promised you, you're depending on flesh. If God said it, that's it. Right? Stay with the word. Don't blame. When you blame man, you minimize the promise of God. It's God that said it. How's a man going to stop what God said? How? What God are we serving? The almighty God. The maker of the universe. The great I am. The everlasting father. The prince of peace. That's who we're talking about. Who is going to who? If God is for you. Basic. Bible 101. If God is for you, who can be against you? With God on my side, what can man do unto me? Is that the word? Do we believe it or not? God said, this people need to come back to me. That's what he said. You need to come back to God. Come back. Stop going all over the place. Make up your mind. Is this where you're going to be? Stay here. Are you going to go somewhere else? Go. But God said, go where he wants you to be. Be where he wants you to be and contribute all of yourself. Be all in wherever you are. Whatever church you go to, be all in. Be actively participating, supporting, helping where you are. That's your covering. That's still Bible 101. That's your covering. He said, touch not my anointed. Do my prophet no harm. Stop talking about preachers. Stop it. He said, stop that. Stop talking about your leadership. Pray for us. Pray for me. Don't you come telling me nothing. Pray for me. No, I'm serious. Pray for me. Because you don't know me. You don't know me just as I don't know you. And unless I have an open door, if I got access to you, I could say something. If I have access to you, that means I walk with you. I know you. If I don't have access to you and I see you in wrong, I will pray for you. I will ask God, should I say something? People, let's be in order. Get in order. Get in order. If you pray for me and God says, go tell her something, I'm never going to be rude to you. Ever. Y'all know me. I'm going to listen. I'm going to say, okay. And while I'm shaking my head, I'm telling my daddy what you said, like if he didn't know. <laughs> oh, I'm going to tell on you. I, that's me. I'm always going to go tell on you. Because this is the way, this is a good way, though. Because if I tell on you, I don't have to go off. God, he is all that, everything. He is everything, right? So go and tell him. And when you get an answer, then come and say something. 
Because now you're coming in, you come in in God. Nobody's above that. God said. You come say, God said to me, I'm listening. And hope you're not lying, but I will know. <laughs> no, even that. All that God said this, God said that. Please let it be God that said it. I mean, it's hard enough out here the, the distinguishing this voice from that. You know, so many voices. Wait till you really know God said it. It will have the impact. Now, the impact is not always going to be, but you'll be all right. When you say God said, whether I receive it or not, it's not on you because God said, right? And so you're good. So our expectation is what is, is uh, I left it as that's my answer. That's the sign that says I'm getting an answer, right? The cord was what she did to make sure she received the promise and it is what they used to bring her the promise. You follow? The cord was in between the two of them. It was what she used when she put that cord out there. That was her saying, I believe that I, am, I got this. I believe it. And on the other side, that was them. When they come to deliver her, they would see the cord. So that's two parts. Y'all got that? So with us, it's whatever we believe. You have your promise. There's something that you can use as your sign that God heard you. It could be the time that you, you talked to him when he, when he received it. You write that down. God said this, that, the other. This is what I, I say to you personally. So you keep that in your mind. That's like your symbol. And then God always keeps his promises. Right? The, the scarlet cord talks about the blood of Jesus. It talks about salvation, deliverance. Now, salvation is not always just when you come up and you receive Christ. You all know that? Right. Salvation is progress. It's process. Because it also means deliverance. And it means liberation. So I'm, I'm, I'm speaking to all of us. Your deliverance, your liberation could be today. And the cord could be this, this space in time. Hear me. The cord. Your, your scarlet cord could be this space in time, today. What time is it? That's your cord. That's what you use to remember. That's, okay, I received this word today. That's my cord. That's what I'm going to bring to God's remembrance when, I, when I'm waiting. For, while I'm waiting for my deliverance, I'll bring it to his remembrance. Remember on this and this day, you said this and this. That's what the cord represented, what they promised, right? So you bring the promise back to God's remembrance. Yes. What did he promise you? He told me to tell you all to hold on. Hold on, he said. Hold on. He said, Noah had a promise. Look how long he had to wait. People laughed at him the whole time. They laughed at Noah while he was building that boat in a place that never rained, right? Mm -hmm. Why are you building a boat? Why are you doing that? Who's, who's questioning what you're doing? When God says it, he said it. Look at how many people Noah could have said, I ain't going to build this boat. I'm not doing this because it's not going to rain. But God said it was going to rain. And Noah kept building the boat. Right? He told Abraham, I'm sending you to a place where you haven't never seen or known. Those people in the Bible, they had to do great exploits. They had to exercise great faith, hope, expectation. Hope thou in God. 
hope in God. He said, hold on. Other people held on. Ruth left everything she had to go with her mother-in-law. God must have told her to do that. Look at the end of her. Look what happened to Ruth. She got her Boaz. She was able to help her mother-in-law. Did she know that was going to happen? She was being obedient. Can I encourage you to walk with God? Walk with God. Walk this out. Don't give up. Hold on to his everlasting arm. Hold on to what he promised you. Hold on. Don't give up. Don't let go because you don't see it immediately. Can you, let, can you use this as an Ebenezer? It's a spot. It's a space. It's something that you can bring to God's remembrance. You know what? This day you told me, hold on. How much longer I got to hold on, God? Hold on. Hold on. Trust in the Lord. With all your heart, do not lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. He will order your steps. Remember, some of us need, in the midst of our expectation, in the midst of our promise, while we wait, we just need the comfort of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Right.